seat in front of you. By the way, I mentioned the garden. There's a sign-up sheet that looks like this at the uh, information booth this morning. So, Well, I brought something fun with me this morning. At least I think it's fun if they're still there. Looks like somebody's been in them. Drew, did you get in these? <laughs> no, they're all there except for the one I ate yesterday. <laughs> what do you think? Are you a donut eater? No? Is Rick? Absolutely. Drew? Peaches? Of course. Of course. That's a, that's a response I Thank hoped you. for. Okay. Now, as good as those are, uh, when you finish it, what's going to happen? You'll be all done. And depending on how much you ate for breakfast this morning, as hungry as you might be right now when you finish that, in a few minutes, if I offered you another one, you'd probably take it. Our hunger comes and it goes. So I want you to remember this phrase this morning. Don't focus on what is provided, but focus on the provider. Okay? Because that's going to come and go, and you'll need more. So we want to focus on the one who provides, not what is provided. So it's hard for us to imagine most of us being hungry. But when people come to our country from another country, they walk into one of our grocery stores and they're dumbfounded. They can't believe the abundance of food that we have. It's just, it's just beyond their comprehension. You go in Albertsons, you go in Costco, Walmart, wherever. Gosh, they're just... I always think about how much inventory is in that store. So <clears throat> I want to read this morning about Jesus being the, the bread of life, the provider. John chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw the crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. In other words, there's, not, there's no way that we could provide this. There's just not enough. Philip answered him, eight months' wages, I'm sorry, uh, verse, uh, verse 8. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? So apparently when they realized the need, they asked, did anybody bring anything to eat today? And the only thing they had was lunch of this little boy, two small loaves and five, five barley loaves and two fish. So Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed those to those who were seated as much as they wanted. 
He did the same thing with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with pieces of five barley loaves left over by those who had, who had eaten. So this is a familiar story to most people who are familiar with the, with the New Testament. The interesting thing about this story is it took place on, on the same mountain, it's really a hill, uh, as the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5. Uh, up on top of this hill, there's a monastery there now today. And you sit and you look down this hill and you can see the Sea of Galilee off. It's probably a mile away. And on the top of this hill is where they believe that Jesus gave the Beatitudes, Sermon on the Mount. And then just below that, or maybe even in the same place, very close, this story, the feeding of the 5,000. And then farther down by the lake, and you remember the story in John chapter 21 where Jesus met the disciples on the beach and he said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? All three of those things happened on this same hillside. So it brings out quite a bit of emotion when you stand there. Notice, first of all, on your outline, <clears throat> a less, this is a lesson about provision, about the Lord's provision. Now, again, we have a hard time thinking about being hungry. I mean, I... When I wrote this, I thought about Thanksgiving dinner. I love Thanksgiving dinner, don't you? Ginger has all these, I should have asked her, but, uh, they're things that keep things warm. And there's probably three or four of them there. First of all is the mashed potatoes. So she already prepared the mashed potatoes, and there's this whole bucket full, bucket full of mashed potatoes sitting there warm. And then there's the turkey white meat, dark meat, whichever you like, then dressing, and then my oldest daughter's favorite, green beans, there's a green bean casserole there, she hates that, she won't eat that, and then we've got rolls, and then we've got dessert, so all these things are lined up, you know what it's like at Thanksgiving time, you just gorge yourself, and then you've usually got enough left over for two or three days of leftovers. So notice this verse, do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you wear. So in our context, that has to do with focus. We probably don't have to worry about much, most of us, about what we eat. And he's saying, don't let your focus be there. Why? Because he's a provider. So the greatest illustration of that in the Bible, I think, is the Old Testament where it's talking about the manna. Many of you remember the story of the manna. There are literally millions of people in the desert, and the first thing you have to ask yourself is, what are they going to eat every day? Well, every morning they would go out and they would collect this stuff off of the desert floor called manna, and they were to gather enough for that day. So whatever your family needed for that day, you would you'd just gather that much and no more. The idea is he's going to provide tomorrow. I don't need to gather up enough for tomorrow today because I know that tomorrow I'm going to have enough. You might think of that in terms of money, in terms of resources, whatever. But the idea is you don't need to hoard. De 
placing your dependence on something for the future because God is going to provide for you. And he, for many of us, He provides for us day by day. He gives us enough for that day. Secondly, it's a lesson about trust. In other words, one day at a time. Do I trust the Lord for what I don't have yet? Do I trust Him? Is He my provider? Now, it's interesting that they would go out and, and gather an omar for each person. Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they'd each gather an omar. And on Saturday, on Friday, they'd gather two omars. Now, you know what an omar is? be helpful to know if we knew what an omar is, wouldn't it? Well, it's one-tenth of an ephah. Is that helpful? No, not, 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 very, not very helpful. But he sent them out every day, and on the sixth day, they gathered two Omar. So that, like if they'd go out on Monday and they'd gather two Omar, one of those Omar would rot because he wanted them to be dependent day by day. On Friday, they would go out and he said, get two Omar. And the reason was because he didn't want them to go out tomorrow. It was a Sabbath day. So he would provide enough on Friday for Friday and Saturday. Again, he's, he's the provider. You can depend on him. You can trust him. So again, Jesus in Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough of its own. Now, take that out of the realm of food or money. How many of you are worried about tomorrow? I bet many of us have something about tomorrow or something about this week and we're worried about it. He says, don't worry about that. I will provide for you. You can trust me. We don't, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Each, each day has enough trouble of its own. Isn't that the truth? So sometimes we eat like there'd be no tomorrow. I remember... Ron Mel, my, my mentor, used to come and he'd, he'd stay at her house twice a year. And uh, she doesn't do this anymore. I don't understand what's going on. But Ginger would always make a German chocolate cake. And I'm telling you, baby, it was good. It was moist, about that big around. I mean, not that big, but that big around. <laughs> about that tall, had nice German chocolate frosting on it. You want a donut? <laughs> And Ron would come, and you could smell that in the house. There's nothing like German chocolate. So he'd come, and Ginger would get, get us each a big wedge like this, and then she'd put some ice cream on it. And Ron, Ron was so funny because he'd always make a great big deal out of it. And he acted like he wasn't going to let our kids have any. I'm not getting any of this cake. This was baked especially for me. And we'd finish that piece, and then we'd get another one. Every, I think every time he came, Ginger would have to make another cake. We, we just eat like there's going to be no tomorrow. Most people don't have that luxury. Number three, this is a lesson about priorities. What are your priorities? Therefore, I tell you, Jesus said, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. 
And notice this phrase, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you. So think about how much we pursue food, what we drink, clothes that we wear. Some people, I saw this thing in the paper this morning about Melania Trump's wardrobe and flipped through about 10 things there and I thought, my gosh. I, I don't think we, we can even imagine what those clothes would have cost. The focus on what we wear or what we eat or what we drink. How much of our life do we spend with those kinds of things? And again, let me remind you the phrase, don't focus on what is provided. Focus on the provider. That's what I want you to remember today. That's the sermon. Don't focus on what is provided, but focus on the provider, the one who gives it to us. So when I was in high school, I worked on a, on a farm. And how many of you have ever worked on a farm? Quite a few of you. What were the, what were the meals like? Oh, baby. <coughs> We'd get up in the morning. My Aunt Betty would be in the, kitchen, in the kitchen while we were out milking the cow. She'd be cooking breakfast. And I'm not exaggerating at all in this. Sitting on the table was, first of all, oatmeal. So you had a bowl, bowl, bowl of oatmeal. Now I eat oatmeal. That's enough. I mean, that's, that's it. It'd be a bowl of oatmeal. And then there would always be some kind of eggs there, as many as you wanted. You know, fried eggs, omelets, scrambled eggs, some big portion of eggs. There'd always be some kind of meat, bacon or ham, sausage. And there'd always be some kind of a bread, French toast or uh, pancakes or waffles. Now just put all those things together. And there it is. And we ate it. We'd come back in at noon and there would be a dinner, lunch, and it would be like you would think about dinner at night There'd always be potatoes and meat and vegetables and as much as you could stuff, it was there. And then you'd come back at night, the same thing. In other words, there was an abundance. There was an abundance to eat. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think that's why I worked all summer? to eat pretty much took it for granted really I was thankful for it but we ate and ate and ate but that wasn't the reason I was working there I was, I was working there so I could go out and buy a car in the fall in other words my priority wasn't on eating my priority was on something different than that and that's what he's saying in this passage of scripture don't focus on the stuff that you have what you can buy let your priorities be higher than that. In other words, focus on not what is provided, but focus on the prior provider. Number four, this is a lesson in fulfillment. Now this, what I've said so far, leads to another conversation. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. I don't know how much you think about that. I am the bread of life. 
He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. You think he's talking about food there or water? No. He's talking about fulfillment. So I will provide for you if you will focus on me. So don't worry about all this other stuff, but put God first. Put the provider first. One of the things that I was really grateful for, the church council at Faith Chapel many, many, many years ago decided, because most of us had been involved in small churches where the pastor struggled all the time and uh, sometimes had to have an extra job. It's very, very common. They made a decision as best they could that they would provide for our physical needs so that those would never be a concern. Now, they didn't, didn't make us rich, obviously, but food, clothing, a house, provision to get by would never be something that I would have to worry about. Why? Because they wanted me to focus on pastoring the church. They wanted me to focus on leading the church. And we were always very, very, very grateful for that. And we always had a lot. I, I may have told you this before, I don't remember, but Ginger used to make coconut cream pies and she'd usually make three or four of them at a time. One day she made coconut cream pies and I came home and gosh, you could smell it all through the house. And I, I said, golly, it smells good. She said, do you want a piece? And I said, yeah. So I had a piece and what she didn't tell me was, there were three pies there, but what she didn't tell me was that when she finished baking the pies, she took a quarter of one of them and ate it. She thought, oh man, that was good. I think I'm going to have some more. So she ate another quarter. And then she looked at it and said, I don't want Stan to come home and think I ate half that pie. So she ate the rest. <laughs> no, short, no shortage of goodies at our house. So here's the point. There is a physical hunger that food can satisfy. But there is a different kind of hunger which food can never satisfy. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So we understand what it's like to be hungry, to be empty, to have a longing for food, to be discontent because we're hungry. We also know what it's like to be full and satisfied and content. So when Jesus said, I am the bread of life, what he's saying is, there is a hunger different than physical hunger. You're hungry, you are longing, you're empty, you're discontent. Ever been, anybody ever experienced that? It's just something's wrong, you don't quite know what's wrong, but I'm just not happy, I'm just not satisfied. And he said that hunger can be satisfied, you can be full, you can be satisfied, you can be content. In fact, he says, if you relate to me, if you depend on me and you spend time with me and follow me, you will never be hungry again. He's not talking about food. He's talking about this empty place within every one of us that can only be satisfied by God. Just as food supplies our body with strength and nourishment, Jesus comes to nourish and strengthen our soul, to satisfy us, complete us, and fill us. 
So listen to this verse out of John chapter 6. Do not work for food that spoils. In other words, that's not your priority. But, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. Your father ate the man in the desert, your fathers ate the man in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. So let me just ask you a question. You don't need to raise your hand. You don't need to respond in some physical way. But how content are you? Do you ever try and satisfy your discontentment with food or stuff, a new house, a new car, new clothes, new relationships? Sometimes when people will talk to me, they'll be separating or getting divorced and say, what's up? What's, what's going on? Well, I'm just not happy anymore. Well, if you marry somebody to make you happy, I'm sorry, but that's not going to happen. You'll get tired of them. They'll get tired of you. Or the newness will wear off at least. It's like, that's not going to bring you contentment. My new, my new car. Gosh, I love to buy a new car. It's one of my favorite things to do. Go buy a new car. Ooh. Feel like a real man driving down the street. Better yet, a new Harley. Now I've got to have two of them. But that wears off, doesn't it? So be honest with yourself. Are you discontent? And just ask yourself, what are you looking toward for contentment? It happens to all of us. We, we start looking around, something to satisfy. Well, I'll get more education or I'll... Buy something else or go on vacation, whatever it might be. But just like that donut, you eat that donut, your hunger is going to come back. But he's saying, if you abide in me, if you have a relationship with me, and every morning, one of the first things I do in the morning, in fact, it is the first thing I do in the morning, well, the first thing is I make my coffee. I'm going to sit down at my desk. I'll read the scriptures some, pray some. That's the kind of hunger that he wants us to have, is a hunger for him. Because when we hunger for him, it brings true joy, true satisfaction, true fulfillment to our lives. So I'd, I'd like to ask you just to bow your head for just a moment, please. So remember this phrase now. I'm going to say it again. Don't focus on what is provided. Focus on the provider. Focus on him. He says, I am the bread of life. He's the one who brings lasting contentment, lasting joy, lasting fulfillment. And then I asked a minute ago, how many of you are discontent? You're just kind of antsy and looking for something. I won't ask for a show of hands, but if that's you, would you this morning just, just put your focus on Jesus? It's a personal thing. It's not about going to church. 
Should we do that? Sure, we should do that. It's not, it's not a, just about that. It's focusing on Him. Day by day by day, moment by moment, focusing on the bread of life who brings joy, true joy and true life and fulfillment. If, there's, if you're here this morning and say, you know, I, I've noticed I've been focusing on other things, but today I'm going to turn my eyes toward Jesus and focus on Him. Lord, help me. Just lift your hand just as an indication. Lord, I need your help in this. I need... I need for you to fulfill me and bring joy to my life and contentment to my life. Maybe you've been looking in some of the wrong places. And secondly, I'd like to ask if there's anybody here this morning who has not yet totally committed your life to Christ, or maybe you did and you walked away. You want to come to him this morning and in your mind kneel down to him and say, Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I want you to be the priority of my life. You'd like to make that commitment today. Would you just look up at me? I won't embarrass you. I won't, I won't call you out or anything. Just, just raise your hand and let me acknowledge to you that today's the day you're giving your life to Jesus. Yeah, I see you. God bless you. God bless you, man. God bless you. Anybody else? Lord, we love you so much. And I, I know that I could say on behalf of everybody here, sometimes we wander a little bit. Sometimes we let our priorities shift to other things. We just want to shift our eyes back on you today. Sometimes, Lord, we worry about provision. Sometimes we worry, are we going to have enough? Are we going to have enough? And you said if we would focus on you, that you would see to it that we have enough. So, Lord, we come to you today and we give you thanks that you're so committed to our provision, not just for food, but in every way. We love you and give you thanks in Christ's name. Amen. Let's, let's worship together. <laughs>